Dub Nation, your hub for everything Utah Warriors. Uh, of Major League Rugby, I'm Jeremy Jordan alongside Banksy. Hey, the Rugby Network tweeted out, asking to name the most beautiful rugby pitch in the world. We'll go first. They said, Zion's Bank Stadium. Hey, we agree, man. <laughs> Not mad at that decision at all, especially when the mountains are capped with a fresh blanket Ooh. of white snow like they are right now and like they will be when MLR season kicks off here in 2022. And hey, as they also mentioned, spooky season started early featuring Paul Mullen. If this, <laughs> if this isn't the most prop forward picture ever, all taped up looking like Frankenstein's monster. And that's probably just for a little bleeding nose too. You know, I don't think that there's probably not a head knock or anything going on. He's probably already got his ears taped and just took like a, a bump to the nose or something and ended up looking like that. All smiles from big Pauly Mullins. You love to see it. I want to dress up as Paul Mullen for Halloween and walk around my neighborhood and be like, I'm Paul Mullen. They're like, what? <laughs> you're gonna need to put on a, uh, about a hundred pounds to be able yeah, to do exactly that there, i'll man. wear a suit or something hey we're live <laughs> on the utah warriors facebook twitter and youtube account subscribe to the podcast version of the program on apple podcast spotify and soundcloud if you have a comment fire away we'll try to get to some of those here's the show rundown oh my gosh we have a lot to talk about sometimes i lie and say we do we actually do today okay warriors with the eagles report Playing the All Blacks Saturday in D.C. What's up? Fourth meeting ever. The 1874 Cup. We'll talk about it. Warriors on the USA Development Squad. The Selects. They're going to rebrand and call them the Falcons in 22. A couple Warriors on there, including uh, our first-round draft pick. Pretty awesome. MLR coach, coach of the Year, Sean Pittman, joins the program. It'll be great to talk to Sean. He's with the Eagles in D.C. getting ready for the All Blacks. Let's go. And Select season begins this week. We'll talk about it and some news and notes couple of Warriors uh, switching teams. We'll talk about that. But first, hey, get ready for 2022 already, baby. Get your season tickets now if you haven't already and be part of Dub Nation and the best home field advantage in Major League Rugby. Go to WarriorsRugby.com or just call. Book them now. Don't wait. You can put it on your credit card. It'll be the perfect stocking stuffer just in time for the holidays. 801-477-7652 or again, WarriorsRugby.com. Okay, Warriors on the Eagles report. Let's start with uh, maybe the good news. Uh, round one, USA-Uruguay Uruguay trying to qualify for the uh, Rugby World Cup in 2023 in France. The Eagles won 1916 in Glendale. That was uh, great. The bad news, Uruguay came back and won 34-15. They qualify for the World Cup. That was back on October 9th in Montevideo. Quite a trip. Took them a minute to get there right. That was kind of disappointing, to say the least. Um, it could be worse. It could be Canada who didn't qualify for the World Cup for the first time after losing to Chile. That was disappointing. But good news is the Eagles play a two-match series against Chile next July to try and qualify. Winner gets in. Loser would then play in a four-team tournament for the final spot. So there's still an opportunity. I expect the Eagles to get in the World Cup. But I think we thought it would be take care of business in Montevideo. You know, it was a great start in leg one for the Eagles with a big three-point win. It was tough. It was hard. It was physical. It was always going to be that. Um, the second leg was really difficult uh, in the matchups of physicalities. Of course, our Warriors on the squad and a look from Mika Cruze there in action. He scored in both matches and and uh, showed out really well and was a great contributor in those matches. But the big key difference for me was in, in leg two, the physicality of Uruguay and how those scrums matched up. I thought the USA did really well, but then the difference maker was really 
the mistakes in the crucial moments. The Eagles played well in just about every phase of the game. They were able to move the ball. They were able to apply continued pressure deep inside Uruguay's half, but it was just the mistakes on in our own possession and then uh, Uruguay able to capitalize on mistakes, punishing missed tackles over and over and over again for the Eagles. This is a big play right there. I don't know if we go back to that video. I think that was the Mika Cruze try right here. This is a big shove from the loose head side. You see he turns up the tight head prop, then the flick over the top, and you see Mika coming on a screamer around the outside. That hair flying. Things were, I mean, we looked really good at that point. That a shot to go up 10 mil there, you know, and uh, the I believe the conversion was missed on that. So it ended up being uh, down at the half. Uruguay goes on to score at the half. But it was close, and they ran away with it in the second half. But like I said, uh, you know, Mika reading the overlap on the gap there. Our Warriors showed out really well. Paul Mullins, I thought, had a great couple of shifts uh, coming in off the reserves, but playing a lot of minutes in both of these games. The difference maker, and we saw it in the European Tour against Ireland and against England, the difference in the elite-level teams is capitalizing on mistakes and minimizing your own. And I think that's the next step for these Eagles to take. We have the skill. We showed it. We have the, the ability to run with anyone, but to do it for a full 80 minutes – minimize your mistakes and then the biggest thing is punishing your opponents when they make a mistake and Uruguay was able to do that against the USA and congratulations to them on locking up a World Cup berth. So uh, next July two game series with Chile to try and get into the World Cup uh, you win win that aggregate you're in you lose that you're going for the final spot against the other team so good luck to the boys and now Saturday the U.S. Uh, plays the All Blacks in town in D.C., in town meaning the U.S., uh, the inaugural 1874 Cup. 1874, what's that? Well, that's when the first collegiate, you know, game happened. Rugby happened. McGill and Harvard played. So that's the 1874 Cup. On Sunday, some of the Eagles were honored at and recognized at the Washington football team NFL game, including our boy, Michael Baska, which is pretty cool. I know he's in camp. We haven't heard the 23 yet, but uh, hopefully our guy is in the 23 there. How great was it to see Michael out there? You know, uh, he's been featured on the USA Rugby page a couple times in training. You know, I think he's really learning a lot from the experience and not just learning a lot, but he's the type of player that we saw on the European tour uh, be able to make an impact for this team as well. So I really think they're looking to him as kind of this next generation of uh, Eagle especially with the way he's played for the Warriors coming in at nine and really pushing the other guys ahead of him and fighting for a starting spot. And it'll be interesting because this Eagle squad is not going to have any of the internationals. They have already gone to those teams. And so it's going to be an MLR squad against um, the All Blacks. So coming off the, the loss to Uruguay, no internationals. What do we expect against the All Blacks, Bixie? This is the fourth meeting ever. Obviously, New Zealand has won the first three. Trying to get in the try zone for the first time. I mean, the, the the sort of what does success look like is a question we have to ask ourselves. Well, the question for the USA is the same question everybody asks every time you play New Zealand is <laughs> how do you beat the All Blacks? And there's not many teams that do it consistently. And really, Australia, England, Ireland, and South Africa are the only ones that have been able to put any kind of pressure on the All Blacks over the last, it seems like, almost two decades so what does the uh, what does the Eagles' task at hand look like? Well, I think it is putting up a good, tough performance through the first 40 and finding a way across the try line. We've seen really great platform 
build from the forward pack. And I think we'll talk to Sean Pittman in a moment because clearly he's had an impact on, on the game plan there from these forwards, but they've got to try and find a way to break through that all black defense. And it's good structured play like this from the set piece that I think really gives the Eagles their best shot at crossing the line. We have dynamic backs, even with just the MLR players here, we have guys that have the skill set to be able to perform at this elite level, but can they do it in the crucial moments, minimize their own mistakes and the all blacks don't make many mistakes of their own, but when they do, you have to punish them for it with points on the board. Excited for this one. It's always great to have the all blacks uh, in the States, uh, which is going to be just amazing. And uh, we're looking forward to hopefully a few warriors being involved there waiting for the 23. Maybe we'll just ask Sean Pivot and he'll tell us who knows. <laughs> well, there's, there's big things happening, uh, you know, with, with the win in the Uruguay se- uh, season, Cam Dolan scored in that game and he became, he tied with uh, Todd clever for most wins as captain of the Eagles. You know, I mean, there's leadership there. So don't think this is just going to be a walkover. I expect at least 40 or 60 good minutes of rugby before this thing starts to run away. I want to be optimistic, but I think in the end, the All Blacks too much for the Eagles to handle. Yeah, a good showing is, you know, uh, quantified perhaps differently, uh, especially without the full squad and whatnot. Look, but- I mean, don't discredit it. This could be a really great rugby game, and we could be surprised. Obviously, the, the All Blacks not sending all the stars out there. I want to be optimistic sure. with this. It's rugby. There's always a chance. Never say never, you know? Yeah. But having grown up in New Zealand and watched the All Blacks since, you know, I was a teenager, having gone to school with guys that played on the team, like, you know, it's it's a different mindset and a different culture. And we're getting so much better here in America. I don't know if we're there yet. It's up to the guys on game day to to prove us all wrong and to give us that spark. Maybe it can be, uh, you know, in the lead up to the Olympics, Nigeria beat the U.S. in basketball. You know, maybe one day we just hit 23s, if you will. Because that's what it took for Nigeria to win. All of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, Will McGee's banging, uh, you know, penalty goals from midfield uh, for a bunch of players. Who knows? Who knows? When you have the leadership quality of somebody like Cam Dolan with the captain's armband, when you have guys uh, that can, like, you know, DeHaas and, and Mika playing on the outside who's playing incredible ball, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to say never because I believe in what these Eagles can do and what they're building. You know, it's, it's always daunting when you face the men in black, when you're standing there on the field, the Hakas in front of you, the stadium's full of fans. You know, they played well at Twickenham and rose to the moment and gave England a scare. They played well in Ireland. Now it's time to do it here on home soil and show these top tier nations that you can't sleep on the USA anymore. This is not a gimme match. This won't be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And I really hope we see the best out of these guys and they rise to the occasion. And that, yeah, that's all you can ask for, right? I was talking to my daughter this week about a karate tournament. It was like, just do your best. You don't have to win the tournament. Maybe you are the best, but maybe you're not. Just do your best. All good. All good. Show up. Set, uh, coming up this weekend in D.C., All Blacks and uh, Eagles. It's going to be fun. Can't wait for it. And uh, make sure you secure your seats for the Warriors Selects. I can't believe we're talking about rugby's back. Yeah, baby. schedule is on this weekend. The uh, Utah Selects are in uh, Colorado at Infinity Park taking on the newly minted American Raptors and uh, their new look team and kit. So we'll get the first taste of what these Utah Selects have been able to do with head coach Ali Khalifi in camp. And then back home versus uh, Rugby ATL 404. That's their pathway program. 
the All Marines team coming to Zions Bank Stadium, and then the third match against Legacy Rugby Academy on November 20th. So make sure you go to warriorsrugby.com and get ready. We're talking fall rugby just in time for the holidays. It's like a little pre-Christmas gift for us with the select season coming to Zions Bank Stadium. Love it. And we'll talk about it again coming up in uh, just a bit. Okay, Warriors on the USA Development Squad, sort of the the second team, the younger team, right? The Falcons, they're going to rebrand. America's Pacific Challenge uh, is the tournament they're going to play in. 90, 29 players named, all but six or 23 and under, so it's a very young group. Three Utah Warriors named. Uh, four dra- of the draft picks were involved, including the Utah Warriors draft pick, Joseph Backey, awesome. 2020 draft pick for the Warriors, Elijah Hayes will be on it as well. He's been in the USA Pathways Academy nine-week high-performance camp. So he's in incredible shape, you'd think. And then Captain Bailey Wilson makes a squad, and they're going to play Argentina, Brazil, and Chile between October 22nd and 30th. So that's coming up uh, this week, right? Awesome to see these guys get this chance, including the youngest captain in Major League Rugby. You know, Bailey Wilson has played amazing rugby, and he did in every single match. Uh, all last season for the Utah Warriors. So great to see him get the call up and be able to play with some other great talents in there, not just the up-and-coming talent that we have on the Warriors roster with our back, uh, with our um, like Backy and some of our other draft picks like Elijah, but some premier MLR talent uh, all, from all over the league, guys like Ben Mitchell and uh, former Warrior Nolan Tuamoheloa, who's in that squad. There's a lot of talent on that team. So the future looks really bright for USA as they continue to develop these players. Okay, let's bring in the head coach of the Utah Warriors, the Major League Rugby Coach of the Year, a man who just crushed it. Interim tag place late in the preseason last year. His name is Sean Pittman, and we get to talk to Sean for the first time since winning MLR Coach of the Year. He, he's live from D.C., getting ready to face the All Blacks, as we mentioned. Sean, how are you doing, man? And congratulations on what was an amazing 21, uh, 2021 season and winning Coach of the Year. Oh, thank you guys. Gosh, it's great to be back on here to, uh, to be completely honest. And, um, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back, uh, uh, getting back to Utah and uh, getting on with the season. So how's that passport looking? Cause you've been, I feel like all over the world, how many stamps have you been able to add? I mean, Newfoundland, uh, Montevideo, Uruguay, you, uh, you, you know, you've been all over from coast to coast playing with the MLR this season. How's the jet lag treating you, Coach? <laughs> uh, you know, actually, the, the great thing is um, I, I don't get jet lagged very much. So traveling is just – it's kind of been the way of life for the last, gosh, 12 years. So uh, it just kind of got to get on with it. So everything's everything's good. Yeah, we've, we've traveled a bit this season. We've traveled with the USA quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting back to Utah and just hanging out with the family and, and really getting after the season. Uh, the interim tag was taken off. You're the head man. Uh, you won your coach of the year. Obviously got to uh, the playoffs. It was a banner year. Now you're with the U.S. What's the past couple months been like? Is m- Listen, most of the coaches are like, all right, season ends. I get a break. You got no break. You just like jumped right into it with the U.S. Yeah, you, you know what? It was it was really good. I think uh, it, it was nice to be able to get back with uh, the staff, the USA staff. Um, and it was a really an honor for them to reinvite me back and um, you know, I always look forward to working with the crew, especially the boys and getting a chance to work with the guys that are, you know, not just with Utah that are, that, or that are with other MLR teams. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's, it's been really, really good. 
uh, and the break, it, you know, a break's a break. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of days, you know, it is what it is. And, and our, you know, our current or in the coaching life of, uh, of an American coach in the U.S., Look, we'll make a call and get you a long weekend when you get back so you can rest with the be with the family and then back to work, yeah. right, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Talk, to Brand, talk, to Brand, talk to Brandon about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll, you're still going to get texts. You're going to have to block him if you want any kind of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, this turn now. <laughs> Let's talk about this turn with the national team and what happened in uh, in the, the two games versus Uruguay. I was really curious to see physically how this Eagles team was going to match up with Uruguay, who are – typically a lot like Argentina, really good from the set piece, really strong in the forward pack. And that's kind of how they build a similar pattern to how you've built not only the Warriors, but from the style of play, it looks like the way you guys are going with the Eagles as well. Yeah. You know, I think over the two matches, I think we did a phenomenal job in the first half uh, uh, of that first match. I think that we played probably our best rugby uh, over that two game series. Um, and you can see from a lot of the clips that are going to be shown, like, you know, we scored some, scored some good tries and, um, but I think in the second half, we just kind of let them come back in and they got their, um, uh, you know, we always knew it was going to be tough going to Uruguay. Uh, and it was very, very tough. They provided a very good atmosphere. Um, and it was just a passionate event and a, a passionate day for, uh, for Uruguay. So, you know, and they did a, they did a good job of, uh, of bringing us down there and making us travel quite a bit and, um, you know, just making it difficult. It's a, it's a difficult environment. It's one of the tougher ones um, I think we've played in um, overall um, around the world. What was difficult about it? Well, just a lot, a lot of fans there. It was a big, it was a really big day um, for them. And uh, the stadium was packed and um, just the environment was booming. Um, so it was a ton of passion behind that event. And I think, uh, uh, I think, I think they did a really good job. Uh, talk, about, talk about our Warriors. Obviously, Mika playing incredibly well, scoring in both games, uh, mm -hmm. was a contributor all over the field and kind of showed himself to be a bit of a menace as almost yeah. like a sweeper covering on defense. And he filled a lot of gaps. And then Paul coming in and making incredible contributions off the bench where he'd been used to a starting role, you know, having that physicality. And then having Michael Baska as well in camp, how is it having some of your boys there to kind of, you know, make you feel a little bit more at home and then seeing them contribute at the highest level as well? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, we, we even got another one, you know, this week with Chad Goff coming in. So it's been it's been really, nice. really nice um, having having them around. And, uh, you know, it's just people that, you know, so you just chat to them, see how they're doing, catch up quickly and things like that. So it's it's nice having some solid you know, people that you're always consistently around throughout the year, you know, with you and, and through these little camps and stuff like that. Well, you got a shout out in the comment section right now, coach, from uh, <laughs> Mr. Michael Baska himself. It says, yeah. thanks, fellas. Go Warriors. Wait, is he in a <laughs> hotel room, like, down the hall? Is he? <laughs> yeah, I think he is, actually. He's probably, like, four rooms down. Yeah. Do you have, like, adjoining rooms? Is he listening through the wall right now? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And, and Sean, I assume that because Mikey Teo had a baby that he's kind of just taken the summer off from international. Duty, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, yeah, he's kind of just taken it off and he's been with the family, um, which I think has been really good for him. Um, you know, and I think he's really looking forward to getting some rugby on rugby going again back when the season starts. So it's good for him to spend some quality time with his family. And you guys got some great local recognition here in Utah with the team getting to go uh, meet with Governor Cox and getting an official letter mm -hmm. of recommendation, not just for your obvious, uh, you know, 
accomplishments as coach of the year, but for what the team has been able to do for the community and and raising the profile. Um, How was that for the team being able to, to kind of get that acknowledgement from outside the rugby world? Cause I feel like sometimes, especially with rugby, it's a very closed kind of circle and that exposure outside of the, the, the sphere of normal influence has got to be a good sign for what's to come. I think it just shows that rugby's growing in this, in, in not only in our state, but every state as well. You know, we got a shout out here uh, with uh, USA Rugby as well. But getting to meet Governor Cox, like that's that's pretty special. Like not many, you know, teams get the chance to do that. Um, and still being one of, the, you know, a massively quick growing sport in the U.S. Like that's a huge honor. And, and the event was really special. It was nice. It was, it was good to see some of the players that I haven't seen since the end of the season chat to them you know mikey was there and and that's the th- that's the cool thing is like the awards that we got from the mlr were great but like you know those awards are very much you know it's a it's tough to say but those awards are very much like a team award like you know we went well because everybody went well so right. i think it's it's something that we, we we very much have to acknowledge and and governor cox you know giving us that um that letter was uh, was important you know and it was i think it was really important for a lot of our players that were there that day and follow up to that, the Eagles got a shout out. Was it on the floor of Congress or the Senate? Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. Lead up to yeah. the match. Did you see this? This has got to be. That's got to be a fantastic feeling as you guys are in camp and getting ready for the match. Yeah, massively. I think they brought light to the game that was that was here, um, and you know, it, it's nice to see that recognition happening. Uh, in, in our sport, I mean, uh, where it's just, you know, it comes in dime a dozen with other sports. And now, you know, we're getting some, you know, light shined on us, um, which will hopefully grow the game. It'll be awesome. I can just imagine some dude or, you know, woman watching C-SPAN going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now, now they know that there's a game. They know the All Blacks in the U.S. That's great. I want to go back to the trip to Newfoundland. It's mm-hmm. one of the weirdest places on the planet, Sean, because they're half an hour off. Was that weird logistically for your watch? Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't. It was just weird, you know, giving a call um, to, to my, you know, my wife, wife to Sarah and, you know, the girls and catching up with them. So it was kind of like, a, oh, what, wait, what time is it there? Wait, it's not three hours. It's, you know, and you're just like, oh, what time's bedtime? And you're like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah. So you're just, you know, it, it was, it was strange. It was a really cool place. It was, it was a gorgeous place to go. Um, but it was, it was a, again, it was a Canada took us there for a reason. And it was a, it was a difficult place to play, uh, especially with the weather and the conditions, um, with the gusty winds. And, um, so that, you know, they did a good job as well in, the, in that venue and picking it to win that game. Let's shout out a couple of these guys. We mentioned them before some of these, uh, USA selects call ups for, uh, backy Hayes and of course cap making the squad mm-hmm. there as well. What do you hope to see out of those guys? from that camp uh, as they play with the the newly dubbed U.S. Falcons? You know, I, I, I'm really excited, you know, especially for Baki, like coming in from uh, a collegiate, collegiate atmosphere, coming to us, getting drafted, and then instantly getting select. That kind of just shows that, you know, he's, he's done a good job of marketing himself and, you know, and as well as he's coming to our environment, which is going to be really good for him in his development um, in the future. And then Elijah, you know, being with the academy over the last, you know, 10 weeks, uh, I think he's he's improved massively. I watched a game um, that he played in against the 404, and he, he did a phenomenal job. And then finally having Bailey join the squad is, you know, especially, you know, everybody, you know, he's the captain. 
but he's such a young guy and you know that it just shows that he's taking the progressions or the steps that will put him in a really good spot hopefully in contention for the eagles in the next couple of years yeah eagle eligible guy which is super exciting for you 20 captain which is awesome mm-hmm. um michael omoro by the way says congratulations to sean for an amazing year at the warriors can't wait for the 2022 season he is undoubtedly the number one Utah Warrior fan. Like, he has more jerseys than the equipment manager. I kid you not. He's the man. He's the man. He's, He's such a man. good guy. He's great. Okay, what's what's next with the offseason? I mean, obviously, we'll, and we'll talk about the All Blacks game here in a second, but um, what's next with the schedule, um, signings, um, you know, the, the, the selects uh, are about to play this weekend. It's still busy. Like, offseason yeah. isn't a thing, right? No, not at all. I mean, you just plan for the next season. <laughs> it's just constantly just rotating around, you know. Um, we, you know, we, we, we're pretty close to finalizing our roster and having it completed, which is going to be nice, especially start to announce some of the new signings that we have, um, you know, and, and the people that are staying on for, you know, longer periods uh, with new contracts. So I'm really excited about that and, you know, keeping – you know, our, our majority group together is, you know, massively important to me. And I think, I think Brandon's done a phenomenal job of, of, of keeping that group uh, together um, as well as, you know, so we've, we've been signing players, doing that, scouting for the selects, the selects have come in, um, you know, Ollie's taking control of that and kind of, you know, we're just waiting on the final details for the exact uh, schedule for when the season, uh, we know when the season starts. We know it's going to end, but we just don't know which games we're going to play uh, yet. So we're going through a couple renditions of the of that schedule to kind of work it out just perfectly for us, and hopefully we can uh, we can end up with some really good uh, extended periods of play with some good breaks in between. So that's that's what we're aiming for right now. And uh, training wise, you know, most of our players will you know get back in you know December January, and um, we'll, we'll start like domestic guys training early and. The internationals to come in um, as we go in January, so it'll be it'll be really good. I'm excited about it, and I think uh, you know, Sean, Matt, and myself, we've been we've been working hard on planning um, and just kind of figuring out the final details of what we want to try to achieve this year. So let's just say theoretically, Coach, I can give you a magic wand, and I'm going to exclude the obvious here with the holes at the second row. Obviously, Matt Jensen retiring, Sayo Hila mm-hmm. not getting any younger, and the departure of Aston Fortine. We know there's a big hole to fill in the second row, but you've got a yeah. magic wand and you can sign a player to any position. What would your dream signing be to add to the Warriors for a 2021 season? Position, oh, gosh. or if you've got a player in mind that you, you want to throw out there, again, this is I a mean, dream scenario. Let your imagination run wild with it. Well, I mean, I mean, if, if you're going to, you know, we're, we're in need of a lock. So I would say like, if we're going to go down that route, you know, even like the, you know, all black uh, Brody Retallick would be a, a pretty good signing. Would, he spent some time in Japan. Time. It's not out of the question. Yeah, Stranger think, things yeah. have happened, right? Maybe post-World <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cup. Maybe post-World yeah, yeah. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the matchup with the all Blacks. Certainly an amazing opportunity to play them. Um, we were talking about it's the Major League Rugby you know, Eagles, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. in this one. You mentioned Chad, uh, Chad Goff joined camp. Michael Baskas there. Mika yeah. Mullen. So well represented. What's the task like this week of preparing for a game that, yes, is an exhibition, but you also want to kind of get the bad taste of the Uruguay uh, out of your mouth? Yet it's the All Blacks, and you have to define success perhaps in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, playing the All Blacks, they're, if not – they're one of, if not the best team in the world, 
let's be completely honest. And, um, you know, they're they one a couple weeks ago. They're two, they're two now, but like, let's, let's be honest. They're one of the most skillful teams in, in the world. They are the most skillful team in the world. So, you know, putting a, a really good, you know, defensive and attacking plan together to provide us some opportunities to uh, eliminate some tries and score some tries. I think that's that's something that we we've we've put some detail on, especially with um, Stevie Bretts and stuff that he's done, and Rob, and especially the direction that Gary's uh, taking the team. So I, I think we put some details in, and I, I think we'll be in a really positive and good spot to. Um, you know, go for it and, and kind of see what happens from there. I think we can, I think we can do some stuff uh, and hopefully we can shock them in some aspects of the game. You know, it, it seems like there's been a pattern or at least South Africa has figured out a pattern in how to take it to the all blacks. Is there something in that game plan that you can go, I see some of that in our players and, and something that we can mirror out of what they've been able to do and challenging the all blacks over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think the, I think the big thing is um, if you look at South Africa and you know even when they won the World Cup, you know they they were they're such a physically dominating team, you know, and they really um, they put wear and tear on on individuals that run on them consistently. Um, so over a length of a game, you know, fatigue's going to set in, things like that. So they do they do a really good job like um, of that. But as well as, you know, they, they kick the ball really well. They play in the right areas. There's a lot of things that go into um, to, to beating the All Blacks. But, you know, you know they're, they're, they're a difficult team to play against and, and prepare against. They, they do a lot of things very well. Um, so, you know, we, we have to eliminate some of, those, uh, some of those aspects by, you know, holding onto the ball for longer periods of time, um, not kicking away possession. Um, as much and, you know, and just and, and looking for, um, you know, our opportunities to shoot our shot when we get our chance. Well, we look forward to the match coming up uh, Saturday at FedEx Field, home of the Washington football team, USA Eagles and the New Zealand All Blacks. Sean, thanks for taking the time. Congrats on all the success. We're looking forward to, uh, you know, a fun match Saturday and uh, can't wait to see you again at Zion Bank Stadium. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to our, our first home game um, in Zion Bank Stadium. It'll be amazing. Let's go Eagles, baby. Okay, let's get it done. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate it, man. No worries. Thank you, guys. Okay, that's Sean Pippen, the MLR Coach of the Year, the head coach of the Warriors. We don't have to say interim now as of August. So, But what an opportunity, Banksy, um, that Sean, yes, he's he's been an Eagle. He's been in World Cups, you know. Uh, but to play the All Blacks is really special no matter when you're going to do it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's really kind of been made for this position if you are an Eagles fan, you know, a guy that has played at those elite levels all over the world against some of these top teams in the, you know, the world tournaments that he's played in and has the experience as a player and now also as a coach in that top tier action in MLR and showing what he can do. So he's got the mind for it. He's got the X's and O's. You know, it's just a matter of combining all of these things in those moments against a team that will punish every single mistake you make in the New Zealand All Blacks. You know, I'm really expecting a good showing. Hopefully it's, I mean, the first, this match that we're watching here in Chicago in 2014 was a fantastic showing for USA Rugby. I think the way those boys played, especially through that first 30 minutes, was really fantastic. And I expect them to continue to build on that quality of play, having played at Twickenham against England, having played in Dublin against Ireland. I mean, you're talking the biggest stages for this Eagles team, and they continue to rise to the occasion. So hopefully we see more of that again. Shout out to the play-by-play -play that day, one Todd Harris, 
who lives in Ogden. Hey, so, how are you, Todd? How are you, Brad? So, yeah, I love Todd. He's great. Okay, uh, we mentioned it, but let's talk about it again. The Utah Select season begins this week. Uh, four games, one road game, three home games. So at the American Raptors, as you mentioned, this is a kind of newly branded team uh, out of Glendale, Colorado. And uh, first road game for Coach Ali Khalifi and the boys. And then they come home for three straight weeks of uh, home matches against uh, Rugby ATL 404, All Marines, and Legacy Rugby Academy. So this is, this is a younger – right? the selects are – Sort of the B side, the younger side, the development side that last year, I, I dare say the Warriors did a better job than any other team in Major League Rugby of developing some young guys who got a bunch of run. Danny Christensen, James Vifale, Thomas Tuaval, Lance Williams was rehabbing. If you watch them, you're getting a taste of some of the guys who will play with uh, the Major League Rugby team. You know, you're going to see guys make the first team off of this select squad that we found an absolute gem last year in Joe Mono. You mentioned James Vifale, Logan Tongo, guys that not only have contributed uh, to the Warriors team experience, but have now also gone on to, to represent different teams playing in sevens. Guys that are getting some national attention became specifically through this selects program. That first match is going to be tough. That American Raptors team is good. I got to see them play in Aspen, Colorado during the Aspen Rugger Fest. Where this the beer flows big, like wine? This is a big, physical, fast team, and they've been playing rugby together for twice as long as any other team in these mm. MLR developmental sides. So they're going to have more chemistry, they're going to have more cohesion, and they're going to have uh, just as good a coaching as anything that we're seeing at the MLR level. And they've got some incredible athletes on that team. So that's not, it's going to be a really tough match to open up for this uh, select side. Vegas says the Raptors by three and a half. I'm just kidding. They don't care. All <laughs> right. Make that up. <laughs> yeah. News and notes. Logan Tonga, who you mentioned, former uh, Washington State defensive end, won the uh, Premier Rugby Sevens Championship with his team, and he was the tournament MVP. This was his first Sevens tournament ever. How about that? You're talking about a guy that has all of the physical attributes to be a superstar in not just Major League Rugby, but around the world. And he was surrounded on that team by some incredible talent and some great rugby minds. So it's great to see him not only run out with that team and get that experience, but to shine and really showcase what he was able to do. You know, he got his first cap last year, pre, uh, you know, showed in a couple of great matches, but to be able to get those minutes and to be able to showcase what he's really capable of, really proud of what, the, what he's been able to do in the rugby player that he's becoming. Yeah, listen, Perry Baker is passing the ball to Logan Tonga, too, on that team. So that's kind of fun. That's speed um, on speed right there. I mean, speed sticks as good as it gets. He's been the captain of the seven squad for a really long time. He's become an incredible player in his own right, not just relying on his speed anymore. You're talking about a guy that is the perfect mentor for an outside back or a back three player like Logan Tonga. You said speed sticks. I was wondering if that was a sponsorship element that was new to me. Um, but, did you not, so Perry Baker's nickname not. is Speed Stick. Right. Because, because yeah. he's, he's tall, he's thin, and he's, you know. I thought we got a sponsor for the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, Gillette or something? I don't know. Um, another news and notes uh, more. Frazier Hurst, two-year contract's up. He's moving on from the Warriors. He had one of the tries of the year, uh, you know, against Toronto as a Canadian. That was pretty fun to watch. We wish him the best of luck. He was a great uh, contributor to this team. He played some fantastic minutes, a tough gritty player that really played well in that number nine position and uh, hope nothing but the best for that guy. He's the kind of guy that you'll, I'm going to follow for the rest of his career, wherever he goes and I'll be a fan. Amen. Alex Tucci signs with the Dallas Jackals. So he's going to join 
that squad. He did play for a college in Texas, a little bit of college football. So kind of returns to the Lone Star State. I'm excited to see Alex in action uh, on the other side. Um, you know, wish he was a warrior, but it'll be fun to see Alex. You know, when the Dallas Jackals signed him and made the announcement, they made the announcement as Utah Warriors fan favorite Alex Tucci signed with the <laughs> Dallas Jackals. That's the kind of impact that a player like Alex has, not just with his physicality, but with his character, with his personality, the way he is in the locker room. That's a great signing for the Dallas Jackals and uh, Slim Tucci getting her done in MLR and always going to be a fan of that guy. Proud of him. Our social media team's like, hey, who's the next guy to replace Alex Tucci? You know, they got to figure that out. Uh, okay, Nola Gold signs Carlos Spencer as an assistant coach uh, to Nate Osborne, the former all-black great and Auckland Blues coach. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be able to see Carlos play in his prime at Eden Park when I was a kid. Nice. He is a, he is a legend of the game without any reservation or hesitation. Uh, this is a great look for not just NOLA, but for Major League Rugby as a whole. When you have that kind of IQ, when you talk about guys like Rob Shaw, Ma'anonu getting involved in in Los Angeles. When you talk about Tendai getting involved in D.C., and now we see Carlos Spencer getting involved in NOLA. Great rugby players and great rugby minds contributing to the sport here in America. You absolutely have to be excited to see somebody like Carlos Spencer getting involved. King Carlos, they're calling him, you know? Let's go. Okay, uh, World Rugby approves the use of leggings or tights at all levels. What do you think of this? You know, I... As a, as a forward, I like it and I hate it because if I'm playing on grass, I'm not wearing tights. I absolutely refuse. It's a hindrance. There's no reason to be wearing tights on grass. The only time I could see this being okay and the only time I've ever worn them is when you're playing on turf, especially um, the, the two times that it's bitten me the worst were playing in Colorado on the second field uh, when we played in a um, playoff game with Park City Haggis against Denver. That field tore up my elbows, my knees. I got skin infections that refused to go away. It was like four doctor's trips to try and get rid of the infections in my skin from playing on the dirty turf. So I like it for that reason, but it also makes it a little bit more difficult to tackle. It makes it a little bit more difficult to bind when you're in a scrum. So it's, it's a good thing with an asterisk. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. And then, uh, and, and with Zions Bank Stadium being turf, I imagine a lot of the guys may uh, look at that as an option. Right? I think, I mean, we saw a lot of guys uh, wear the tape over their knees and their elbows that you see a lot of NFL players use yeah. uh, playing on turf. So I think we're going to see a lot of, especially our backline players wearing tights. One, when it's cold for, for a warmth factor, those compression tights definitely help with that. And then, you know, a maybe slight advantage when you're talking about going into contact as an outside back. Yeah, and we wear tights for every broadcast, just so everyone knows, in the booth. So we, we have been approved for this the whole time. And then tight, finally, uh, don't USA judge my spanks, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a personal choice. Uh, USA Rugby has applied uh, officially uh, and publicly uh, to host a rugby men's World Cup in 27 or 31 and the 29 Women's World Cup. It would be awesome to get one of these or both. I think there's a real chance that the USA could come away with both of these. The U.S. women's uh, team and program play at the elite level, both at 7s and 15s, one of the top teams uh, in, in the women's programs globally. So the Women's World Cup, to be able to host that here would be massive and it would be great exposure for the game because it would be played in cities all over the country for the men. 
that would be the biggest get since maybe hosting the Olympics here in O2 or Atlanta. It is that big a global event. Only the Olympics and the Soccer World Cup outview the Rugby World Cup in terms of global viewership. That's how big an event it is. And it would be huge for the USA to be able to host an event of that magnitude. That'd be awesome. Um, can we go back to that picture? Because our boy Paul Asike, former Utah Warrior, is kind of in the back just hanging there. Hey, Paul. Just looking tough, doing what he does. Looking jacked. Probably going to go <laughs> play the ukulele or ride his motorcycle, you know. Love Paul. He's the best. I've never seen such a physically scary human being be so nice a person in real life. Oh, seriously. He's, <laughs> he's one of the greatest. greatest. Uh, kind of getting to know him his freshman year at BYU all the way up to kind of what he's doing now in the premiership. Wait, hang on. Let me check my watch. Okay, that was that was 30 seconds into the mention of Paul Asike that you dropped the BYU plug. Uh, I, I think waited a, 30 seconds. I, I think that's a new record. Usually you lead with that. So I'm glad you waited until the end there, Jerem. I'll mention Thren Palamo just so the youths are satisfied. There you go. Thren <laughs> has had a great season playing in D.C. And he just re-signed. So he's uh, and stay with look, he's a great asset in their midfield. Shouts out, Threats. I see you, bud. I was hoping he'd come to Utah, honestly. I thought that'd be fun. But uh, Which, by the way, so, so Sean uh, Pittman, we learned a lot there. Talked about Chad Goff gets into camp, invited. That's awesome. Um, and then the fact that uh, you know, the schedule is almost here. We're a couple weeks out, I'm told. Um, and then some signings, uh, hopefully announced here soon, maybe November, December. So it's an exciting time, man. And there's a lot going on with Utah selects, the U uh, USA selects, obviously what we mentioned with the all blacks. It's a beautiful, listen, it's October 20th, but rugby is in season, baby. I think we have eight or nine different players in camps at the international level right now from the Utah Warriors. That's got to feel great if you're this coaching staff and those guys going out and getting that experience. And then all of the news still to come. I mean, Coach Pittman said a lot without really saying anything. We've got signings coming up that he said are almost secure. We've got re-signings and contract renewals to see who's going to be here long term. We've got a great core on this team and we've got schedule announcements coming soon, which means... You need to be ready, Dub Nation, to hit Zions Bank Stadium and be loud and support Warrior Nation as we get ready to go to battle for 2022. Your tickets are all available whenever, wherever, however you want to get them. All right, hit up warriorsrugby.com. Make sure you're there because there's exciting things coming down the pipe for this Utah Warriors Rugby Club. We just did a 45-minute show in October. I mean, there's so much going on, which is I could have talked for another 45 minutes with Coach Pittman. He's such a great dude. That's a top-shelf human being. And I love that Michael Baska literally down the hallway is commenting <laughs> on Facebook about what's love going Love you, Mikey. On, You're a stud. Is, Proud of you, bud. Excited to see the 23. Hopefully we got, you know, three or four Eagles in that, which uh, could be awesome. Uh, Saturday afternoon, that game with the All Blacks will be fun to watch. The Selects coming up, so... It's awesome. So best of luck to all the Warriors out there competing in different spots all over, like you mentioned. And uh, we'll recap all of it in uh, two weeks here on Dub Nation. We got you. We got you. Okay, that, that'll do it for us. 45-minute uh, show, baby. We don't get paid to do it longer. We just want to talk more. There's lots going on. We just hang out. Like The thing is, <laughs> this is how we talk when the cameras are off. So doing it as a show, it feels great. <laughs> I didn't even know this was live until 5 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media for the latest. For Sean Pittman and Mike Gieselman and Glenn Grundy, who says, you guys rock. Thank you, Glenn. Warriors Nation, what's up? Mike Gieselman, Billy the producer and Banksy. I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors. Beat the All Blacks. No, just kidding. Score track.